Hi friends and welcome to Live Well with Emily, a podcast where we talk about all things yoga, Ayurveda, mindful living, and holistic wellness. My goal is to inspire and empower you to connect more deeply with yourself and the world around you so that you can live a happier, healthier, more peaceful life. Thanks for being here. Let's jump in. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for getting on here with me and chatting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure if you know how I know you. In Mysore, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> I remember you You sent me a message. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Like, hey, I used to see you in Santosha, right? It was yeah. <laughs> All the time. I'd see you in your little family, and I was like, whoa, so sweet. So funny. Yeah, I love that place. That was the first um, like little cafe that we went to while we were there. That was the first one we went to. And right when we got there, um, the dog was out there. She has so many different names, but we called her Mila, I believe. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, she was so sweet and like Connor was so excited and like petting her and she like rolled over onto her back and he was scratching <laughs> her belly and it was just like, oh, this place is great. And yeah. I love how that they have all the kids and the families there and stuff. It was uh, so great. I miss Mysore. We need to go back for sure. Have you been back since that time? No, that was my first time there as well. So it yeah. was, yeah, it was, it was, it was an interesting time. It was, it wasn't the easiest thing for me personally. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Did you go by yourself? I went by myself. I practiced with Saraswati that, that trip. yeah and you know I went through all the things I think lots of people go through the 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 sickness and all the adjusting my bag didn't make it there like for a couple of days all that stuff but (laughs) it was great by the end by the end I wanted to go back but at the beginning I was like people stay here for two months how do I do do that but I understand I get it now yeah yeah totally yeah now you know for sure before I had gone when we you know we had our tickets we were already accepted all of that and I was like is this a good idea? Like I have a 15 month old, I'm going to India. Does this actually, is this a good thing to do? And I reached out to so many moms um, who had gone with their kids. And I was just like, I feel nervous. Like, is this okay? And and luckily they were all very, um, very helpful and just soothing. And like, you're going to be okay. It'll be a little bit of a shock, but like Mysore in particular in India, it's it's nice right like you get there and you're like oh okay yeah like the neighborhoods are really beautiful and and calm and quiet and yeah, yeah it was just great I cannot wait to go back <laughs> yeah someday I for sure hope to yes um so okay so can you just start by just telling us a little bit about who you are and just introduce yourself Yeah, so my name is Leanne Nolan. I am from Ireland. I'm from a small town in the west of Ireland, but I'm currently living in Portland, Oregon and soon to be moving to California. So yeah, lots of transitions happening. Um, I was previously a school teacher. That's what I went to university to to become. So I was a school teacher and I spent a couple of years teaching in the Middle East, um, four years in Dubai, uh, three years in Dubai and one year in Qatar. And then I met my husband. And since then I have moved to the US and I I would say that's when like my transition into okay I'm not 
I don't think I want to be a teacher anymore. You know, that was, well, I always knew that, but it kind of became reality because once I moved to the US, my teaching degree no longer was relevant anyway. I'd have to go into a whole other level of education that I just didn't want to do. So that, kind of, that was in 2019. So when you move to the US on a, on a K-1 visa, which is a visa I came on, you actually can't work. You can't leave. You can't do anything. So, yeah, there was like this whole like identity crisis kind of happened around that time. And for me personally, if I, if I didn't have my yoga practice, I'm not too sure what I would have done. And I really think it was the only thing that kept me grounded at all at certain points. So I know that that's a, a common thing a lot of people have that are especially Ashtanga. The, the familiarity of that every day is something to always go back to. Yes. Um, but then um, 2020 happened and I started to really see how death was a big a big thing that wasn't really ever discussed nobody talked about it openly and honestly and we were in the midst of one of the biggest crises we've ever seen and people were terrified everyone was afraid of you know if they were going to get it or if their loved ones are going to get it and I remember thinking to myself wow I'm actually grateful that I have experienced so much death in my life because I know that life goes on after death and I've always had a curiosity about death always um, but it wasn't until I started to do yoga that these questions were actually openly asked like all these who am I what am I doing here what's the point of all of this because um, I grew up in Catholic Ireland where I had all these questions when my dad died I was like heaven hell what is all of this but it was very like nope can't talk about this or don't ask the questions it is the way it is and that's it right like no question <laughs> what the logic or whatever you know, just, right just, just that's the why and that don't ask so I gave up on trying to understand that like after my dad dying I was like okay you're dead and you're gone that's that's what I started to believe in I was and I, I became okay with that because I had the understanding that you have to love the people while they're here that's what I, I was like you just have to be with the people you're, you love while they're around because they will die. So you just have to love them and whatever that, that means for you. And I know that I'm not saying you have to love people who aren't nice to you or anything, but I just understood that we die. <laughs> I had that like innate understanding. But um, I ask really fast how old you were when your dad died and that sort of started coming into play and questioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, I, he, I was 12 and he was buried on my 13th birthday. So this like super you know, pivotal time for yeah. us all anyway. So I was full of questions and it was like, a you know, really wanted to ask these questions, but really didn't have a lot of people or had nobody in my life who wanted to talk about death in a maybe non-Catholic way. Right. Um, so yeah, that was the beginning of that kind of questioning. And I remember so clearly one day I was in school and I was looking at my hand I was really like what is the point of life if we just die like that was a question I asked all the time and I, I, I questioned that so hard one day I was looking at my hand and I was like what are we what are humans and I really feel like I sucked myself into some psychedelic state for a second and like as soon as I was there I was like oh shit what just happened excuse me language and I went around to all my friends and I was like what what are we? like really questioning what are we like what is this look at your hand and ask yourself what am I 
and my friends were like you're crazy like what are you, what are you talking about um but no again nobody wanted to talk about it so I really just left it and you know my focus went elsewhere for a long time until I started to do yoga and these questions were just normal and that we could yeah. ask them openly <laughs> yeah because part of you know yoga and these more philosophical spiritual practices I mean correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like a lot of them are sort of based on this like idea that death is coming <laughs> and are we going to be prepared for that moment of release right. or not you know yeah so I found myself um to do the doing the doula training because my grandmother died in September 2019 and she was actually buried on the day I had my green card interview for America so oh. I couldn't go home for her funeral and that was the beginnings of it for me because the guilt I had for not making it home was really strong yeah. and it wasn't going anywhere and it was kind of just building and building and then I didn't get to go home for Christmas that year either and that's just before 2020 happened but as as I was hearing the stories about how she actually prepared herself for her end of life and how my mother was there for her I didn't know a death doula was a thing at this point but my, my mother doula her you know unknowns to herself she did that what um, is a death doula a death doula is really someone who is a non-medical person who cares and helps people die, really. If I'm going to sum it up as simply as that, there's a lot more to it, but it really is someone who who helps people through that transition. So um, kind of like, um, like a birth doula, only on the other side, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Really, you can use that for total analogy. It is the same thing, um, just the opposite end. <laughs> right, which is really the same place, right? If we're I mean, you know, obviously that would depend too on your own personal beliefs and your religious background and everything. But I personally love the the Taoist saying that, like, you know, we come from source and then we go back to source and it's it's the same place. You come from here, you go to Earth, you do your thing and then you return back to that source. Yeah. So that that makes sense. You know that we need, we spend so much time looking at the birth doulas and, and paying attention to the birth, which is so beautiful and obviously like such a wonderful time. And it's really great to focus on that for sure. But then that same portal really is the other side of that, which is the death part, you know, the coming and then also the leaving that and the leaving we, yeah, it's a little more taboo. It's a little more, you know, it's not here yet. So let's just ignore it for now exactly exactly and like my granny <clears throat> she had no illness she was just old she was 94 so she knew she was dying like the months coming up to it and she planned it so well and I was just so impressed with it she, she made her outfit that she was buried in she made sure she was at my wedding which was three weeks before she died she made sure she invited the people she wanted there because she knew she just knew innately that she was going to be gone soon and then she ended up dying with my mother and her son praying into her ears as she died. And I was just hearing this and I was like, why is this not normal? Why isn't this the way it's more commonly done? And this was before 2020 and before coronavirus. Right. So that was the first inkling into it. I, I didn't know anything about Detsu at that point, but I really, that intrigued me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then I found my... Um, my way to Ram Das Be Here Now, that book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He also died around that time. And yeah, the rest is kind of history in a way, because I, like I said, that guilt was eating me up like really bad. Even nobody was putting it on me. It was purely my own, my own doing 
but I couldn't get rid of it. None of my practices were working, none of the, the usual things. And at the same time, I was really deep into Ikar uh, Tole and power now, be here now, all of these things. And I was like, well, that's all well and good, but I'm still feeling like absolute crap. Like you expect me to just be here now in this crap? And <laughs> um, that was my question after reading Ram Das, and that was my first introduction of to hearing psychedelics being used in a different way than I'd grown up hearing them being used as well. And he spoke a lot about how his experience with that and obviously spoke a lot about the eighth limbs path he took going to India, understanding you don't need these substances or anything. But at that point, I was like, I, I'm, I'm interested, I'm curious. So in February before um, Corona really hit off, I had my first opportunity to try some. Uh, I did a stay with my husband and I went into it with the intention that I, I was being eaten alive with guilt and I would like some help with that. And I really feel like my I understood my granny for the first time in my life that day because she had such a Catholic dogma and I didn't. And I felt her laughing at me going, why are you guilty? Like, that's all I can say that from that experience. She was just, like, what are you guilty for? I'm fine. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And that guilt never came back. Yeah, so, I, I feel like I have a relationship with her now more than I ever did. That's great. That's beautiful. So then yeah. is so it's sort of death doulas help the person who's dying, but then it's also about helping the the people who are now feeling that suffering from the loss and that grief from the loss. Right? It's both both ends. Right. Yeah, I would th definitely definitely say that. I would say when a doula can be present with the dying person, it's one hundred percent going to help the family as well. It's not just going to give them respite, but it's going to change the environment that's there. It can change from a fearful environment to a loving, accepting environment where we are accepting that this is happening. We're not trying to deny it or just suppress or, or pretend it's not happening, which can be the case with death. We don't want to talk about it. Some people don't even want to tell the dying person they're dying yeah. um, or have these conversations. And it can totally change the grieving process afterwards. Not to say it can get rid of the grieving process, but there's a fine line between grief and a grievance as well. Like unprocessed grief can last forever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really yeah. at you, honestly. So interesting. So yeah, I like that because it also changes, you know, speaking about death. It's not, it doesn't have to be this like morbid thing that we're talking about. That's like, oh my gosh, you know, death. <laughs> and instead it's like, no, dying is a, as a normal part of life that we need to, you know, at least to some degree accept and perhaps in some instances, right, prepare. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like that's where I'm kind of coming in because I, I did my training in the middle of 2020 where, you know, you couldn't go and volunteer. You couldn't actually be at the bedside. You couldn't get the tangible experience. So I was like, well, how am I going to help? And I was like, well, I can just start talking about it. I can just start having conversations about it and normalizing it because it's such a taboo totally. and it's such an integral part of life. Yeah. And, and even in yoga, in, in our Western approach to yoga, we're not talking about it. And it's one of the kleshas, right? Abhinavisha, it's the fear of death is one of the root obstacles. Right. And that really got me thinking. I'm like, well, how, it's one of the root. I'm all about root, like getting to the root. It's like listening to your to other, your your other interviews. Like that's what Ayurveda is, getting to the root. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so 
really, it's telling us here in black and white, one of the root fears is the fear of death, which is also the fear of change. So why are we not talking about that? <laughs> ah, yeah, so that's a good point too, that like death can happen really at any point while we're living too. There can be many different kinds of deaths, right? Exactly, yes. Death is not just a physical body. Right. Like we, if, if, and if people haven't experienced some kind of death in their life, absolutely everyone on the planet has now, because we've all gone through a massive change. Mm -hmm. Any form of change, I believe, is a mini death or a little small death, mm -hmm. be it the loss of a job or even just the loss of a, an expectation that didn't go ahead. Like right. we grieve all these things that we thought had to happen. And yeah. oftentimes we don't allow ourselves that, that um, grace or whatever word you want to talk or want to call it, just that, uh, that acceptance that okay it didn't go the way it was yeah and we just want like always want to power through and not give ourselves the time to 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 sit with it sometimes because it's too hard yeah totally yeah that's that's an interesting thing too of like being able to sit with it whatever it is you know it's funny because a lot of times when when somebody dies and then you ask how their you know their loved one was or something and they're always like well they're keeping busy or whatever you know it's like they're still moving along they and sometimes i i hear that and i'm like well maybe they should try not to be so busy for a second so that they can actually feel these things so they can move on from it you know yeah, no, I really, really agree with that. Like, I think in America, you only get three days bereavement leave. Wow. Like, three days, you know, that's nothing. that's nothing. It really is nothing. I mean, you can barely plan a funeral in three process days. Won't even <laughs> no. And it's sad because that's, I mean, I, I know, you know, and what can you do about the system we're in, but it's just, it's the capitalistic system, little robots having to continue to do the, to do the jobs that we're doing yeah. it's really sad it's totally uh, we're ignoring a complete section of life there by ignoring death and it's and it's beauty where that's what I mean by die before you die like there is yeah we have to bring death back into the life of everything and start honoring it again just like our ancestors no matter where we are in the world our ancestors understood how to honor death because they saw it all the time it's only really in the last hundred years or so that we don't see death day to day <laughs> right yeah so then how because you have a workshop that you do that is three steps to die before you die is that right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what is that how do you how do you die before you die <laughs> well I really the first step is to start actively contemplating the fact that no next breath is guaranteed <laughs> like you said we don't think about that and then we are, end up living a life that maybe we're not actually satisfied with by not really understanding that we never know when we're going to go um, and I think that's that is the root cause of our suffering is we're not actually thinking about the fact that our life is that precious and that we should really be contemplating that and doing more more change and less comfort zone things because you can read all the lists there's hundreds of them out there of the top 10 regrets of people as they reach the end of their life and we're not learning from those we're not learning we're not actually learning from them because we're so terrified to think about death because it's just not something that's in the western psyche it's not it's not there until we lose somebody and then we're shocked yeah that people die all of a sudden yeah yeah totally which yeah, is unfortunate so 
So contemplating, like actually sitting with the fact, is that also like, are you meditating on it? Yeah, like med- death, like there's there's death meditations, like that's a big part of, there's a lot of Buddhist techniques there. Um, but I, I'm all about just tangibly, like not just for people who have even a spiritual practice. And, and that's the thing for me, like I noticed that for me personally, death was so tied up and wrapped up with religion and religious rituals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the doula can really step in because we're seeing, I think, a need for a, a bridge to be gap, like a big gap there and we need to bridge it. Um, so contemplating death, planning, planning your actual end, even if you're not sick at all, because, you know, that's maybe not something a lot of people want to think about at that stage, which again is the unfortunate thing because that's when we need to think about it, but then the energy might not be there. Right. So if we can in our, in our, in our, everyday life think about it more for sure I think it's just going to lessen that load when the inevitable comes Mm -hmm. but yeah for me uh, the whole death is not a religious event and it's also not a medical event (laughs) it's like birth it's natural right Um, so yeah the more we can think about it and plan it and review your life up to this point as well not a lot of us do that and understand how much we've actually done um, up until this point and maybe you've done it of your own free will or maybe you've been following other people's version of you and until you contemplate it and think about it you're never going to (laughs) know yeah totally okay so contemplating and then planning and then there's Mm -hmm. there a third one well the meditation well for the three the three steps was really like planning Uh legacy work like what what is the legacy you want to leave behind oh okay right like that's a big huge thing we all are going to leave something behind Right. And I think death is a catalyst to helping us find out what that is, if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. that was the thing about Eckhart Tolle is like his book, A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. And I was like, that's very, that's very wordy, but like, OK, well, what's what's our life's purpose? And I think in, in conclusion, your life's purpose is to live it mm-hmm. each yeah. moment, <laughs> each yeah. moment as it comes, because no given moment is for certain. And that's the fear of the unknown. So we can think that death is the ultimate unknown, but in reality, anything past this present moment is actually unknown. We have no idea what's going to come next. And that can be really, really scary or absolutely liberating, whichever way you want to think about it. Right, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Yeah, I think, um, you know, really accepting and coming to an understanding of the reality that you will one day die. I mean, I think ultimately that really gives you permission to live the way that you want to really live. Hopefully it gives you the courage to go forth and and do what you want because you're gonna die anyway someday. (laughs) Right, and that was again, another thing I didn't understand when reading the Bhagavad Gita, right? And that's like basic, well, don't wanna give away the ending for anyone and read it but you know it's just like Krishna's like go this is go and do it go do it if you die you die yeah and it's like all right yeah I guess that's that's what a warrior was and that's what you know that was the job that's what it entailed if you're going to be a warrior you're putting yourself in that position yeah totally totally so then what would be your opinion on um sort of like reckless reckless behavior that might be uh justified as i'm going to die one day anyway so it doesn't really matter is that sort of the same thing here or do you feel like maybe that is something else could it be um 
rooted actually in in maybe fear of dying or maybe I don't know fear of living mm. or right yeah that's a good question um I think I I can use myself as an example I I used to always want to travel that was the only way I got any kind of sense of aliveness you know I, I never knew what I wanted to do with my life so I would travel and I would do the skydiving and the, all the things that you know to feel alive right to feel that sense of aliveness and now I'm I feel like I'm gone the opposite end I feel like I can get that sense of aliveness when I'm in the actually living in the present moment so I think there's a lot of escapism there that's what I was using it for to escape mm. myself <laughs> doing these extremes to escape actually sitting with the harder things because that's the problem we if we are not thinking about death or thinking about the the shadow aspects of life you know we try to avoid them by filling them in with extremes maybe a substance or alcohol or whatever other thing it is to just avoid feeling the harder feelings yeah so yeah I think there's just a level a, a sense of or a level of escapism in doing things in that in that um frame of mind just trying to yeah you know, that recklessly doing things not really caring if you're alive or dead I think that's different <laughs> different than just actually really accepting and honing in on the fact that one day I'm going to die so now I'm going to live my fullest life I imagine yeah yeah because there's I think our purpose and that 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 whole idea is so wrapped up in our career <laughs> and what we're doing to make money and mm -hmm. um, that's not anyone's purpose no one's purpose is here to make money I don't believe I really truly don't and I think 2020 showed that how many people's whole career paths got ripped from under them and then we're left feeling like we're purposeless but again our purpose isn't to do anything other than to be alive in each moment and then that's usually the more you can be present with life and that's what yoga really helps with right that connection all of a sudden you're that for me in my the first time in my life I understood what it was not to worry was when I started to do Ashtanga that was the first time in my life I was free from worry for like an hour I didn't know that that was possible yeah um, I love that yeah yeah how how has yoga and meditation um really helped you with that sense of impermanence is it what about it or how just how did that help you oh like like totally life-changing I started I started to do yoga when I was living in Dubai um and up to that point I had I'd only started kind of in the lot the two years previous to moving to do any form of physical exercise anyway I I kind of started with pole fitness you know that pole that wasn't pole dancing now there was no dancing involved but there was the strength building part of it and like that was great that gave me a kind of new sense of something but there was it was just to exercise to you know for your body it was nothing to do with my mind um and then I started to do crossfit but then I actually hurt my knee pretty badly when I was just walking randomly somewhere uh, I was hiking and I, I kind of blamed my rigorous crossfit on that so I stopped doing that and then I was like well what else can I do that's not going to hurt me and I'd never done much yoga I'd heard of I'd heard of yoga obviously and I ended up winning a year's free membership in a studio in Dubai oh. on Instagram Nice. yeah so I went and I joined that studio and like after two or three months I still hadn't I was still none the wiser as to what yoga was so I went to a yoga festival in Dubai and I stumbled across my first Ashtanga yoga class and I was like couldn't do any of it you know I could only <laughs> but I was like hmm I think
think I like this. So I went up to the teacher at the end and I was like, what is this? And she's like, come join my, my shala. So I gave up my free membership in the other place and I started to do Ashtanga. And that, that was, I mean, that was the beginning of it all for me. And I went into that Mysore room and I nearly walked straight back out because there was people doing second series. I didn't know what second series was. And I was just like, oh no, this is, I'm in the wrong place. But luckily for whatever, for whatever reason, I stuck with it. And it's my, my whole life in Dubai changed after that. I wasn't constantly thinking about what I was going to do tomorrow, what I was going to do with the kids constantly, constantly planning. At least I had that little break every day. And because it was quite you know expensive to pay for a month, I, I used that month to the, the best of its ability. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel better. And I, I didn't I didn't know why I felt better. I didn't know anything about it. But I was like, there's something to this. And I just kept going back. Yeah, I love that. I. I am the same way where when I, when I finally found, you know, I found just yoga in general at first at gyms and studios and stuff, and it was fun and it was great. And I definitely enjoyed it. But once I found Ashtanga, it was like, oh, okay, this, this is the work for me. This is where I need to be to really hone in here and get into myself and release myself and, and get rid of those layers and really start to arrive here in myself with myself now yeah yeah and there's just so much going on because for me I was very very not that it matters but I was inflexible so there was just so much feeling in my body you know there was I had to I had to do this for five breaths and it was really hard and I was like there's no leeway to really be thinking about what I'm meant to be doing when I, or what I'm going to cook when I go home or what I'm going to plan for the next day so it was it was really it was huge. And I'm, I'm just every day grateful for that. So grateful. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because it really yoga in general, it doesn't have to be Ashtanga. You know, there are so many other ways too, but um, in general, yoga really invites people to become present with, I, I think that's sort of one of the biggest things that you're saying here too, like death doula and accepting dying and all of this is really about arriving in the present moment. And so with yoga, it's like, it makes sense that that's one of, you know, that that's such a prominent way that we get to the root of that fear of dying. Yeah. It forces you to be with yourself and just breathe and, yep. and just sit there. <laughs> yep. Through all of it, through it all, through the good and the bad. And that was really my question though, because I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This present moment, it's great. I can do it in yoga. All, but what about when my mother dies? What about when my husband dies? You're telling me I just have to be here now for that too? Yeah. And, it's, and it's like, yes. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah, it's, it's so wild to think about. I remember, you know, I was probably around, uh, I don't know, six or seven. And um, I remember looking at my hand one day, which is funny that you said you were like, contemplating and looking at your hand but I was looking at my hand one day and I was like one day this hand isn't going to have any life in it one day someone is going to look at this hand in my body as a whole and I'm not going to be there anymore and it was such a weird and I was just like looking at my hand like this this is just some sort of shell of who I am because I what and it was so weird to think about but I remember distinctly that moment I couldn't have been more than seven years old. And I was just like, one day, this hand is not going to have me in it anymore. 
Yeah. It's like mind blown. <laughs> it is mind blowing. And I think that's another thing when we're, when we're not um, honoring the, 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 our dead, right? In Ireland, there's still the tradition of the Irish wake where you can, mm -hmm. you know, leave the coffin open and come and see the dead body and just to see mm -hmm. that, okay, that body clearly has no life in it anymore. But yet I still knew that person. And then it's so hard to think about the people we love, right? When they're gone, it's hard. But yeah. they're, that's them being with you in the present moment. That's them. That's the energy of them that's still around. That's the, because that whole like energy can't be destroyed thing confused me for a long time too. Because I was like, well, what about death? People yeah. die. <laughs> but it's like, oh yeah, there they are. They're with us. When we think about them, they're, that's it. That's their energy with us in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, just like what you said yes I will not be in this body forever yeah. but the energy that's in me right now can't be destroyed so right yeah yeah I remember <laughs> contemplating that too like wait but <laughs> you know we cannot create nor destroy energy so what's happening you know totally. yeah. so then do you um do you believe in like past lives and stuff is that something that death doulas or maybe all death doulas are a little different with this but mm -hmm. is past lives a a thing um i i i do believe i don't know about my own i haven't experienced any of my own past lives or anything like that but i'm very open to hearing other people's experiences and stories because it's really fascinating i think this we're hearing more and more about it and it's becoming less woo woo stuff as well there's a little bit more scientific stuff coming along with it now mm. um which is interesting to me i i i, I don't have a whole lot to say about it because i don't have any experience with it but i i mean especially because of the, the yogic philosophy and even buddhism and just the whole idea of reincarnation it makes sense to me right. even just look at a plant look at the seasons look at our body if we menstruate we each month we we birth death if we don't birth a life, right? There's just, there's such the cycles, everything. It would make sense to me. Yeah. We're the way. same as nature, really. We're just we are nature, exactly, so. exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing that's been suppressed, unfortunately, is our natural cycles. And that's why we're so disconnected from death is because we always just wanted to be in summer or, you know, we always want the plants to grow. And it's like, mm, mm, yeah. that's the way nature intended. <laughs> yeah, why do you think that we're so afraid of dying? Because it's unknown. I think that's the main reason. Um, and because especially if we grew up in any particular religion that's <clears throat> told us what to believe, it's still unknown. Nobody can tell you what death is. Right. None of us actually know. And that's scary because we're in a world that has to have all the answers for everything. <laughs> and it doesn't leave a lot of room for esoteric thinking or for just not having the answer. Right. And I think that's where the that's where the root fear really comes from because we're not okay with not knowing. Yeah. But nothing, nothing past like I always return to that. When I'm especially freaking out about the future or plans, I'm like, I don't I mean it's okay not to know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing to think about. My um my grandpa just died like in in May, so just a month or so ago month and a half ago or whatever. And so we were there um, in the hospice with him. It happened, you know, it all came together very quickly. It was like all of a sudden, mm -hmm. oh, Pop Pop's got cancer and has thrown his entire body. And mm -hmm. so now he's, you know, he's in hospice. He probably has a few days sort of mm -hmm. thing. 
Mm-hmm. And before that, it was like, he, he was totally fine. You know, nobody knew he didn't know. No. Um, so, you know, he was still walking like 10,000 steps a day doing his little, you know, grandpa stuff. No. <laughs> and um, yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, he just went downhill really, really fast. Um, so, so not, you know, nobody was prepared for that. And so we were able to go and be in the hospice with him. And, um, and it was so interesting. It was the first time that I've ever actually seen someone go from life to death, like in that moment, you know, and he was obviously like, he wasn't doing well. So it wasn't like he was, you know, talking like I am. And then all of a sudden he was dead, but, Mm -hmm. but still to see, like, to see his, his eyes, you know, just change all of a sudden it was like there was just this moment where I was like oh he's not there anymore and it was so you know so interesting like I just couldn't take my eyes like you can and there was this like moment before where it was like oh he's about to die like this is the moment he is about to leave right now and then there was just this and I was like okay and then now he's gone you know and it's so crazy to to see that and then to like rethink about it like right now and just seeing it in my mind again and how and there was this moment where you know so everybody he has four children and then a few um grandchildren and great grandchildren so we were all there and almost all of us not everyone but um everybody sort of like went around to the bed and said goodbye and everything. And, and you could tell that he was in a lot of pain and he was so uncomfortable. And, and finally my dad went over to him and just sat with him for a while. And he was like, look, it's okay. Like we're going to be okay. And you don't have to try and stay here anymore and you don't have to fight it. And we love you and we're going to be okay. And it was literally right after that, he he was like, okay. And he, and he left, you know, and it was just like, you know, how, how often do you see, or do you hear about people who, who really, you know, they're holding on and maybe it's for whatever reason, for other people or for, you know, whatever it might be that Mm -hmm. suddenly someone says something or you say something as the doula or, or they just decide all of a sudden, like, okay, now I'm done. And just go. Thank you for sharing that. That's a beautiful story. And I think that's a really great thing to bring up. Um, And I think that's where doulas are going to come in a lot um, is uh, really the person can sometimes need that permission. Yeah. And it's really interesting. I've heard a lot of stories about younger children who will die as their parent just goes to the bathroom or just isn't in the room because they can't do it while their parents is, is there. Yeah. So I think it's really amazing message to send out is to if there is someone that you love who's dying is to let them know that it's safe to go yeah. and that they, they can and that we'll be OK. Yeah. Because it's 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 not it's not an easy transition, especially if we've never thought about it our whole life. And that's why I'm really encouraging these conversations to be had more and more, yeah. because I think if we want to see a new pendulum shift in society, it's going to be around accepting the whole human experience and death is a huge part of it so I really I think that's such a beautiful story and you give your grandfather such a gift there and your family too it's beautiful 
Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah, it was it was wild. It really was quite the experience for sure. Yeah. And I think that's another great point as well. Like we've seen death so romanticized on TV. It's like you're gone and that's it. And it's like, no, there's a labor to death, just like there's a labor to life or to birth. Yeah. There's an actual process that you can go through. And although we can never know the exact moment, and that's why diagnoses are, you know, they're not always accurate because you can never really know, but there is an active dying process and you can really like you said you could know that the time was coming and yeah. again if there's more education around this we can be there with them and know that yeah it's part of it like birth isn't easy yeah totally and we prepare like crazy for that you know right. and you know it's like once someone becomes pregnant it's like okay let's start thinking about the birth <laughs> everyone wants to know like are you doing a home birth are you going to the hospital are you going to do it naturally oh, blah 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 blah. and um or like are you excited about giving birth are you scared and you know there's so much talk around it mm -hmm. but again on the flip side it is like that is more of an exciting time we're inviting a new person into the world so it's like woo, you know yeah it's, there's not necessarily grieving in that in that sense although I would argue that you know some parents and some mothers definitely go through grieving after giving birth mm -hmm. yeah in its own right and that's totally natural and understandable too just like in the same way really that like for example when my grandfather died it was like of course we were upset and sad about it but there was also like this relief like you know even my grandma like she walked in and she like looked at him and we were like, you know, okay, he, he just died. Like he's gone. She was like, oh, thank God. Like, thank yeah. you. You know? Yeah. And that's again, I thank you again for that. Cause that's okay too. It yeah. is okay to feel that relief when someone's gone, especially if you saw that they were suffering. Yeah. And it's also, also okay. Cause we think everyone has to be super sad when people die. But for some people, when somebody dies, it's, it's a relief for not just the other, maybe they were suffering with the relationship too, you know? Right. Yeah. So I really think we have to reframe all of these things and how we think about death for sure. So yeah, that's that's yeah. so nice. I think, yeah, like I said, such a gift that he gave you and that you gave him. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really beautiful, you know, in its own really heartbreaking way. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that's death. That is what death is. It's it's the biggest change that most of us are gonna have to ever go through if we well if we die that's a huge change but if we when we lose the people in our life it's it's our whole life is gone it, our whole life is flipped now especially if they're an integral part of our life a part of us dies with them the life that we had is completely changed now yeah yeah so it's 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 heartbreaking but it's it's also it's part of life it really is no no i don't even mean unfortunately because it, it is part of life it's not unfortunate yeah yeah, mm -hmm. it has to happen. Yeah, <laughs> like, what would you want to live forever? I think yeah. that would be cool. <laughs> Even though I know there's this whole concept, well, yeah, maybe death is just an illusion, you know, as this great Maya is anyway. But um, that's another esoteric road we probably don't have time to get down. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then, okay, so with, um, you know, how is there a, a a best way to talk to children about a death in the family or somebody close to them dying or becoming ill and going to die should we just talk about it straight as it is or do we need is there a certain age that we can appropriately discuss the situation mm -hmm. that's a great great question um i think 
Well, for I think children in general, zero to seven anyway, are in that imagination realm where it's not going to be the same thing for them, you know? Like uh, my granny, or not my granny, sorry, my only aunt died when I was six. And like my mother, and I remember her very, very clearly, but I also remember just, it was the other people around me who didn't allow me to feel things. Like I was so sad, you know, I couldn't understand why she was gone. I loved her. And like, I remember someone told me, big girls don't cry. And you know how much I internalized that? You know, I was like, you mean I can't cry? Uh -huh. I didn't even know that person. So I think allowing the children to be around the whole, the whole environment be it the, the sick person allowing them to see the reality of what this what it is I don't think we should shield children from it I, I don't and I, do, I really think we should allow children their own opinions about what they think happens too because they're already in that imagination realm anyway they can imagine what they want and it can really be a great time for them to to build a huge connection with the person and to, to have a relationship with them yeah because if you can just remind them that any time that they come to your mind there they are with you you know if they're if they're here or if they're in their body or not they can be with you anytime you know it's a great meditation for kids even to imagine that you know to just imagine or to help them feel where sadness is in their body as well because mm -hmm. I think that's a great if it can be a great lesson for a child to understand how to feel your emotions because that's a very clear one that sadness is very evident almost you can nearly pinpoint where it is in your body especially if the person is is a close relative or a close friend so I would say the biggest thing is to not to try and shield a child from it that's my opinion now I don't know if that's widely a widely uh, shared one but I, I have a book in the process about right now I'm illustrating it illustrating it right now just to like allow children to have their own their own thoughts about it I'm very very passionate about that I think we shouldn't be telling children where people go when they die we should allow them to think for themselves and have their own opinion about that right I love that that's very cool that you're writing a book about that yeah. I um I definitely with Connor so he's four now and he didn't know his great-grandfather like super well or anything he saw him you know during the holidays, not even every holiday though. So, you know, he knew who he was, but there wasn't a real relationship there. So when I, but we, he did, you know, he obviously came to the funeral and everything too. And he was just kind of like, what are we doing? And, and so I definitely explained to him like, well, Pop Pop died, you know? And, and, and he's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, he left his body and he's not on earth anymore. And he was just kind of like, oh, okay. And I was like, you know, like when you look at, when you show me dead bugs, <laughs> when you bring me like dead beetles, <laughs> that's, that's the same thing, you know? And he was like, oh, okay. And, and I was like, basically everybody who is walking on earth, eventually one day they're they're going to die and then they're not going to be on earth anymore. And that's what just happened to pop up yep. without, you know, being like, this is an awful thing. This is a terrible thing. Or, you know, it's okay though. It's okay. Or any of that, just like, this is what happened. And that's that, you know, and he was just kind of like, Oh, well, okay. You know? And, and later he was like, are, are you going to leave earth? And I was like, well, yeah, I am going to leave earth one day, probably not for a long time. So don't worry about that, you know? And he was like, 
am I going to leave Earth? And I was like, yeah, one day, long, long time from now, you're going to leave Earth too. And he was like, huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it is. I mean, I, again, I'm not here to tell any parent how they should do it. I, I hand yeah, up to you all. I don't know. I, I'm, parenting is a whole another level that I'm I'm actively choosing not to do so I'm not going to tell anybody how to do it right. but I don't think we should be it's such a part of life like and I think kids understand it at a level we can't because they don't have the conditioning that we do and right. then they can get a huge acceptance from a young age that yes it's a part of life and yeah. yes all the people we love are going to be gone one day but that's why we love them now yeah and that's sort of where my head was at was like he's gonna have to know you know <laughs> he has to know that death is a thing so and that's the thing where we like all oh, like oh, everyone goes to heaven or heaven and heaven and then there's the whole well no matter how good you try and shield your kids they're, they're going to come up across all the other the hells and all the other terminologies right and i don't know i think that's that's where the real questions will start coming in if we don't have the, the foundation built young yeah and i do think it's important too that like we don't have to have or give all the answers you know like we don't it's okay to be like no i don't know where he went now i have no idea you know and that's exactly okay. yep i think that's exactly because like you can't know that's the thing like the book i'm writing is going to be called where do we go when we die and i can tell you it doesn't tell you where you go when you die <laughs> like the the only place they're ever they ever are once they're gone is with you in your mind in your memory that's that's all we can know for sure that's all we can ever yeah. know at any moment that the memory stays on yeah totally totally i love that you're writing a book that's so cool is there like a projected time that it will be yeah out? hopefully hopefully by halloween oh, <laughs> it's not you. it's not halloween themed or anything but i'm like that's a good time because <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm reconnecting to my irish uh history and the, the correct irish spirituality that i also didn't learn about in school and it's like oh i've been seeking eastern philosophy not knowing that here it is in my backyard right such yeah. similar such similar parallels it's it's really cool really yeah so interested i'm obviously irish too o'brien <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is it's so so interesting i'm i'm can't wait to just keep learning more yeah i can yes yeah, go ahead no go ahead uh because in like in irish and celtic philosophy yeah. before catholicism ever came there was no such thing as death oh. so, like there was just the other world that's what they considered it it was like there was the the, the first uh, you the first peoples of ireland are called the tooth dead noon and they were known as a supernatural race so oh. this in between realm was very prevalent in ireland like this cool like there's this whole other realm here that we just can't see with our eyes like that right that's just it and that was very understood and the magic and the myth and the lore of ireland is it's very cool it's there's this under this deeper understanding i think with like my my like i mentioned my granny and just this understanding that there wasn't really anything to fear that sounds awesome maybe we could get you on the podcast again just to talk about like irish celtic um mythology and you know paganism or whatever yeah. it, it might be yeah, some really a really interesting parallel is like the old Irish language is is literally pronounced om. Like really? how many times do you say om? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, that's I'm like, cool. Yeah, it's so yeah, cool. I had no idea. Yeah, like because like that's the universal, you know, the universal 
whatever that's the universal sound right so right. it's very cool that is very cool wow so is there anything that you know for people right now who are listening who are maybe dealing with grief of losing somebody or knowing that somebody close to them is soon going to be dying um is there anything that you would want to tell them or suggest to them personally? Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, I would say that, you know, definitely, like you mentioned, your grandfather in hospice care, palliative care, like use all the resources that are out there. Because um, unfortunately, most people want to die at home, but a lot of people, 70% of people end up dying in hospitals. So just opening up the dialogue it can often be really hard because a lot of family members don't want to talk about it because it's too hard but always remembering that it's the actual person who's actually sick and dying that should be the the person who's most important in all of this and having the conversations if the person still has decisional cap capabilities to understand what it is that they actually want and that's so important because we are only doing guesswork if we don't know what the person wants. And that goes for each of us. Like have the conversations with the people you love now while you can. Like, how is it you want to go? Do you want to be buried? Do you, do you want to be cremated? Have advanced directives? Do all the stuff that's hard yeah. because it's not going to be any easier when the time comes. But for people who are going through grief and, and we all are in a certain way after this year, you know, we're all grieving. I would say allow yourself to feel the hard things don't rush yourself never feel like you have to hide anything and ask people about the people who are gone or about the people who are sick don't be afraid to ask people about the person who's gone people always want to talk about them we but it's the it's the uncomfortableness uh, that people feel they don't they think people don't want to talk about it but most of the time people do yeah totally i can attest to that for sure with I a long not a long time ago but several years ago I was nannying for a um, a little a family and there was a a two year old and then like a very small baby and the baby ended up dying and it was just that was definitely the most the the hardest most you know awful thing that I had ever had to deal with when it comes to like losing a a person mm -hmm. and I remember like. I remember people being like, look, I know you probably don't want to talk about it or whatever. And I was like, no, please. Like, yes, I want to talk about him. You know, I want to tell you everything that he ever did. And the first words that he said, and the first time he crawled and all this stuff, but it's like, all I wanted to do the entire time, anytime I was ever anywhere, I just wanted everybody to ask me about him. Mm -hmm. I'm sure so many people feel that way, but they don't know how to say it or they don't know if they should say it or all yeah. of that. So I For definitely sure. agree with that. Yeah. And again, another thing to just keep in mind is you can't fix grief. You can't advise somebody out of it. Yeah. And you just, all you can do for someone who's grieving is be there. Yeah. Even if it's in the awkward silence, even if it's in the tears, even if it's all that you can't talk your way out of it. It's really an active listening thing where, again, the yoga practice can really yeah. testament to just being through those un discomfort, uncomfortable, whatever it is for you, doesn't matter. It's that person who's who's needing yeah. you. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Is there anything else that you want to share or any final words that you would like to say? Um. Talk, think about your own death uh, think about it at some point in the next few days and weeks just think about how you would like to go if you're 
doing things in your life right now that you're really only doing to please others, you have full permission to make changes and to die to things in your life that are necessary for you to be the person you want. And don't be afraid to, to get into the unknown. It's where the magic happens. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for coming and talking to me today. This has been really, really interesting. Yeah, thank you. I love your podcast. I'm learning so much from you. So appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. Yeah, I would love to get you on again to um, maybe talk about, well, I would love to get you on. We could have a whole conversation about your book too, when it comes out or when it's close to coming out. Yeah, I want to send it to, you'd be my like ideal person to send it to because I don't want to be, again, I'm not trying to like convince anybody who is, (laughs) you know, it's not about convincing people who already have their own notions. I know that not everyone is going to want to read their book to this or this book to their kids. So right. I'm send it to you. Yes, I would. Whenever it happens. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I know that people are going to appreciate this conversation and I'm sure that they will get something from it. So it's been, it's been really nice chatting with you today. Yeah, you too. Have a nice rest of your day. Thank you. You too. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you guys so much for being here and listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe to it, leave a nice review and give it a five-star rating so that more people can find it and I can continue to do what I'm doing here. I'll be back next week with some more health and wellness goodies for you. So stay tuned. Love you.